0: Apple presents Meet the Musician at the Apple Store. Please welcome this evening's guest moderator, CEO of AllHipHop.com, Chuck Kreekmer, and tonight's guest, Joe Budden.
1: Don't I feel like a dick in a jar?
2: (laughs) Yes, please. That's my young one there. Thank you. Cool, cool, cool. So... Glad to have Joe. I've known Joe for quite some time. Um, actually, a real long time, like over 10 years or something, right? Quite, a, quite a few years. So, you know, it's, it's actually funny. Like, back in the day, I was such a big fan of Joe. Still a fan, but a little borderline crazy. They used to call all hip-hop com. Like, we used to get it real bad back in the day. So, it's good to have you come full circle. Uh, first things first, can you you know, you have this new project out, No Love Lost. Can you speak on the album a little bit for, for those that may not know, or those that are watching this, and explain the meaning, because from what I understand, it has a dual meaning.
1: Who told, where'd you get that dual meaning stuff from?
2: I, I don't know, I just just, just No Love something.
1: Lost, you know, for the people that have been following me, um, my sophomore album on Def Jam was supposed to be The Growth. No love lost acts as the growth for me. Uh, it was just about evolving, you know, not just as an artist but as a man as well. Uh, not just sonically, but you know, mentally, emotionally, just just connecting dots all around the board. So, you know, again, for those that have followed me, know that my my path has been a a, a rocky one, uh, a t- turbulent one to say the least. Uh, But today, you know, there's no quarrels, there's no problems, there's no issues with, you know, anybody, anybody that I may have encountered throughout my career, whether that be executives, labels, radio, distributors, you know, bloggers, you know, as far as everybody in my life goes, there's no love lost all around the board.
2: Right. So the growth, but see, okay, so the growth was supposed to come out quite a while ago. Long so, this being a sequel ago. of sorts from your, your very first debut on Def Jam, how have you changed? I mean, there's got to be some <laughs> tremendous growth, <laughs> a change? different type of growth since that know. album was supposed to come out. No, you,
1: you know, and, and you know what? That's why, you know, God, God is in charge and not me. You know, when that album was supposed to come out, there wasn't very much growth at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything has changed about me. I would I would say, uh, from the creative process to my thought process to you know fans and, and my relationship with, with these guys, I don't think there's anything that that is a constant that that still remains. You know I just try to improve daily, and you know and I think the album tra- I think that translates I think that comes across in the album like in doing the runs for the marketing. So many different DJs and different people I interviewed with would just say, you know, they would say you have a very uh, what's the word they used, uh, yin yoga type aura about you, which which I thought was always funny. It made me question how I was coming across all those other years, but uh, everything is different, Chuck.
2: Well, what is your creative process? That was one of my questions because I was really curious about your process nowadays and how you make music. Uh,
1: I just let the pen go. I, ju- I just let the pen go. Uh I've w- I've learned to avoid writer's block by just not really thinking so much about about what I was saying and how it would be uh received and what people would think about what I was saying. And I would just say it. You know, that that's how the music has been so uh that's how I've managed to stay so transparent and uh just honest and just not give a uh F, <laughs> not give a f.
2: <laughs> You've been a, a, a lyricist, lyricist. You know, like I said, one of my favorites. rappity so rap. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I don't mind uh, it. Definitely gave me the impression that you you were a thinker, maybe even an overthinker. Um, no so such thing as overthinking. You don't think it can it can <laughs> you do it, it, it can paralyze sometimes overthinking.
1: It probably has paralyzed me at some point.
2: Yeah. Probably so, still. So you still write now. I know a lot of artists now brag about not writing. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
1: you almost try to get Old Joe to come out.
2: <laughs> all right, I tried.
1: Yeah, no, I'm chilling.
2: <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. So, uh with this new album, so you you've um shed all your beefs. There every almost no all beefs. beefs. No, no, beef no with beefs with anybody. Okay.
1: No beefs anywhere. To my knowledge, anyway, I don't. I don't have any beefs with with anybody.
2: Okay. How have you How have you managed to navigate uh, the game? Um, you know, we've. You know, everyone here probably knows your trials and tribulations inside the industry and outside.
1: Or not, because I'm more popular now.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: They maybe don't know. All
2: right. Well, uh, let's let's talk. All right. Let's go industry first. Um, it has the, the game hasn't been kind to you. I would say, you know, based on especially based on your talent and potential. Um, but you've managed to stay relevant. Let's let's talk about what you've done um, to to make that happen. Oh,
1: I thought you were gonna talk about it.
2: Well, I, I could talk thought about it, but like I think they wanna hear from you.
1: Honestly, I I I credit I credit all of it to the fans. Yeah. It it really is just that simple for me. Yeah. Uh, I didn't sit anywhere and come up with this like diabolical, playing the, oh, I'm going to stay relevant forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just, you know, when labels counted me out, the fans kept me in. You know, when radio wouldn't play me, the fans kept me in. You know, the fans have always kept me wherever they said I I, I wouldn't be, or or they, they allowed me to get through the doors that, quote-unquote, industry types wouldn't allow me in.
2: What about the internet? You were one of the first people to really embraced the internet, um, there were a couple before, but you cool. real. Cannabis. Fuck. Cannabis. <laughs> come on. Come on. All right. For real. You got it. What are
1: you come on in?
2: I'm not. Cannabis uh, 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 embraced the internet early. Nah, that's debatable. Mm. Okay. I'll say this. You were the first to engage people on the internet. Successfully engage people. Is that good enough? That's cannabis. all right. I'm listening. All right. So, um, made me forget my what question. Cannab-
1: what did cannabis do online? Can- well, this cannabis, is not about him.
2: He 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 made it a little cooler to be oh, on the computer. Knock it off! He did not. Yes, he did. We're to we a debate off. about cannabis now. I'm not rolling <laughs> this is, with this. This is going to millions of people.
1: No, I, ju- I just disagree.
2: Okay, well that's cool. I think we're going. I'm to entitled to my opinion. You can have your opinion. Thank you. You may have that. You were saying. Um. The internet was not a conscious decision for you. Was that? Was that?
1: No, the internet. The the internet is where I went, you know, in two thousand and one when I first got my record deal. Um, the label was very much preoccupied with everything, but new media, and but but the internet. Because I didn't grow up as a as a thug and this drug dealer, and you know I wasn't standing on corners like that wasn't my story coming in. My story was a very unique one, so you know when the label would offer their opinion on anything, I could never rebut it with what the streets were saying because I wasn't on the streets you know I was online and and often at times I went online and and just to see what people's what people's thoughts were and what what people were saying, and and the the next biggest thing, or who who these kids thought were hot, and I would kind of use that as research and bring it back to the label and say, hey, but these kids think this, and they were always overlooked, always for for years. You know, we the internet was overlooked until it wasn't overlooked, until until you know now it's very much a part of. You know labels' marketing strategies. You know they have budgets and big dollars put to the side now, because what you guys think is really important today. But but that that wasn't that wasn't the case back then. So I was the minority.
2: Do you still have internet soldiers?
1: I would ah. say so. <laughs> I, I I would say I would they they ride for me.
2: Okay, that's what's up. Um, you're also one of the first, or maybe the first.
1: Or okay, with respect Pioneer. to cannabis. No, Pioneer. Let's respect cannabis and <laughs> all he's no, done.
2: cannabis didn't have anything to do with this <laughs> part. Uh, to really expose your personal life online in a way that was very voyeuristic almost. You know, really allowing people to look into your life. Particularly your romantic life.
1: No, every everything life. Every aspect of my life. Okay. People say that. Right. People say specifically your romantic life, but it was every aspect of my life. You know, for the people that were just focused on that romantic aspect, then maybe that's all they picked up on. But I put it all out there.
2: Was that a conscious decision, or was that just you sharing?
1: No, that that's just how I, how I was groomed. You know, I started writing at 10 years old, uh, Again, because I wasn't on the streets and I didn't come up that way. You know, the notebook was just who I spoke to. Uh, So I would just write down how my day went and and how I felt about various things. And then that led to uh, maybe poetry. And then that maybe changed to spoken word. And then that changed to rap.
2: Is there anything aggravating? Like I, I really couldn't imagine personally being that open to the world. Um, has that ever? Why? Been, well, I'm I'm a private type of person.
1: Okay. Yeah. That so, answered it for me. Huh? That that put my question to bed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but for you, I mean, so I, so so for me, let me just say this: like in the last couple of years, I've opened up a little bit, so I've allowed people in. And and for me, it it, it becomes annoying when someone has an opinion on your life. That never factors in for you. Nah.
1: No? Nah. I mean, those that mind don't matter, those that matter don't mind. You know, that, that's just always been the rule of thumb for me.
2: What if uh, it's your fans?
1: Well, it depends. That, that's where it gets tricky. Mm-hmm. Like, you have some fans that they, they tweet now, and I tweeted about this recently. They'll say, oh, I lost all my respect for you. And then I'll curse them out. Oh no, not curse them out, but I'll just let them know that I don't give uh we need another phrase. A what? I don't give a cake.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So I'll respond with that and 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 then the fans will get annoyed and, oh I can't believe that you don't care about what? Like it's no, it's no certain fans that have that that you know, they rock with me and and my brand and what I've done and what I've built. And they offer constructive criticism. Some fans, on the other hand, have absolutely no idea what they're talking about at all. It's important to differentiate the two. Nor, and, and I'm not one of those artists that believe that. You know, I believe that the the fans that have rode with me and stuck with me for this long, you know, they're like extended family to me. Uh, and there's certain things and, and privileges, you know. In summertime we'll play kickball together, you know. We I, I just do a lot. I do a lot with those fans. But I'm not one of those artists that feel like I owe the fans something because of their fan fear. No, I don't look at it that way.
2: Did you just say kickball? You play kickball you every mean? summer. Really?
1: We didn't Let's do it this on past this. summer. I we we know played about, this. about three years ago this started maybe, where where a bunch of us would go up to North Bergen in New Jersey, 80th Street Park. Mm -hmm. It started with a tweet. I was just chilling one day and said, you know what? We should play kickball. Meet me at the park at 1230 Sunday afternoon. And a bunch of people came and met me at the park and we all play kickball. We order pizza. We have people bring their kids and their pets. It's like a big Fun day,
2: man. This is this is intriguing. This this is the most interesting part of the interview so far to me. Yeah,
1: but and and again, but back to what I was saying earlier. It's not something that I ever did because it was like, you know, these people are buying my albums. Right. No, no, I did that because I wanted to do that with the fans.
2: Okay. That's crazy. I do a lot
1: of stuff with the fans. Okay. All right. I just don't tell my publicists and and and. Bring a whole camera crew and start publicizing it. You know, I'm doing it because I want to do it. I'm not. I'm not doing it for for the notoriety. I'm not doing it for that.
2: All right. So how many different, not to say you're a 80. 80. I'm just talking. <laughs> how many different Joe Buttons are there? Like, I, I'm not even gonna lie. I'm keeping it real. I like the the, the emo ish Joe Button, the dude that when he was in the the struggle. I'm still in the
1: struggle. <laughs>
2: Are you really? Yeah. What kind of struggle? It's a different struggle. I've seen yeah. you. You've it's shown a, very, a lot.
1: It's a very different struggle, but I'm very much in I mean, the everybody's
2: struggle. Everybody's in the struggle, some struggle, everybody. I don't know if everybody's not in the struggle. It's not the same struggle as the Joe Button that did Mood Music 2 or 1.
1: Uh, I could debate that. Hmm? I could debate that, but I won't. All right, so you like emo Joe Button?
2: So what's the Joe Button that's that, that did No Love Lost? Which one is that? Cause it's a different album for you.
1: I thought No Love Lost was pretty emo.
2: It is a little emo, a little more emo than it, I thought. It's looking. a lot of
1: emo. It's just a different emo than what people are used to. But it's very emo.
2: Well, what's what what version of emo is this one? That a little wing Or Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobangs, rather. Sorry. What about him? I always think of Kurt Cobain. I I don't get that name. But anyway, it's a whole other story. (laughs) So the emo, back to the emo. (laughs) Back to the emo. Um, So when I looked at the track listing, I'm like, wow. You looked at
1: the track list, and you did what everybody else normally does when they look at a track list. They try to gauge how a song is going to sound just by looking at the name of the song. Top of the world, I'm going to hate this. Yeah. You're Kirk right.
2: go, bang, what the? Right? You're right. We all fall victim to you're that. You're right, you're right. Why do people do that? I don't know. Well, you know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because you do have real fans who have been following you, and you know what? A lot of people embrace that guy, that the, the underdog Joe Button. How about that? The underdog Joe Button? The emo underdog?
1: Wait, so I'm no longer the underdog?
2: I don't know if you're the underdog, so when you get Lil Wayne a on a
1: record. Whoa. <laughs> why not?
2: I don't know. That's, you know, that's a that's a big for some people that's a big You know what I had look. to
1: go through to to get that little Wayne. Wanted to ask you that verse. too.
2: How did you make that happen? I almost had
1: the biggest beef in the world with little Wayne.
2: I don't remember that.
1: I know, cuz I'm grown up now. Okay. Has anybody have I ever, has anybody heard this story before? Let's tell no. the story. I did uh I did uh oh, an exclusive. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> I did um I think it was something called Jump Off TV a few years back um, with my man Low Key. At Low Key, you heard that new you and whatever his name is. Come on now. I don't know his Twitter name, but (laughs) but that's my man. Low Key's the homie. Yeah, that's the homie. So a few years ago, and I guess this was around the time that Young Money had just signed somebody new. And it was a bunch of bloggers and everybody was, you know, they had the camera. They were going around asking everybody who they thought young money had signed and you know why this was a great move or a bad move or how other people had felt so this was around the time I started my you know my peace campaign my Joe Budden will not say a negative thing about anyone i started that then so they asked me about it and and i didn't offer anything all i said was something to the effect of if i'm the other artist on the label i might not really want to hear about a new artist because I'm gonna want to, you know, I'm gonna want the attention on my project, and we left that alone. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. <laughs> I send Wayne this, uh, this record, and he says, "Yeah, I'll get it to you." And then, you know, he's little Wayne, so I left him alone for a little while. And when I doubled back, and I said, "Yo, what up with that verse?" and he said, "This was on the phone." and he started cursing me out on the phone. Yeah, yeah. I won't say what he said because there are children here, but yeah. he was cursing me out and, it, and then he hung up on me. And then my pride and, and I threw that peace, that uh, peace campaign I was on out the window and I called back and he let me know. I did an interview a few years ago where I had allegedly said something negative about gutter gutter. I had no recollection of this at all. So anyway, long story short, me and Gutter got on the phone. We, we, me and him, we put all our, our issues to the side. We cleared all it up. But uh, prior to that, you know, Wayne cursed me out. And he said, you ever want to do business with me? You're going to apologize to Gutter, Gutter. And that's it. he hung up on me. <laughs> so I immediately went to go grab my notebook. And I was going to vent about it. But that probably wouldn't have been the best thing to do. So, you know, we were able to handle it like men and, and, and discuss it and, you know, we laugh about it now, but back then it was pretty funny.
2: That's what's up. That's good to hear. Because it's yeah. a good record. No a great no, record, people,
1: no, great, great, great. But I'm still an underdog. Okay. Now it, it just so happens that, you know, Slaughterhouse has enabled me to, to it's opened me to more resources than, than Joe Budden would normally have as a solo artist. You know, so now because I'm going to the Grammys with Eminem, I'm I would be sitting in front of a Lil Wayne and the behind a uh, Will Smith, and we'll be able to have conversations that you know, just Joe Budden without Slaughterhouse or Eminem. You know, I wouldn't be privy to any of that. Yeah.
2: Now Slaughterhouse, let's you know, can we give them a round of applause? Because that's like the, the the illest group out right now, period, hands down, <laughs> lyrically and uh, and even otherwise. Um, how how did that was a that was a definite Shift for all of you guys, um, you in particular. Um, are you guys working on any new music? Um, anything you want to tell the fans? How
1: many exclusives you want in a come, night? On,
2: come on, man, we, you, you know, want a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love, we now, love the exclusives. We've you've been interviewing people, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we, we you've done your press round, so here we are. Yeah. We need some new information. We
1: are we are in the process of uh of working. I, I'll say that. We're throwing ideas around, getting the creative wheels rolling, and uh, hopefully we'll have a project out this year.
2: Good, good. Will it be on Shady? Definitely. Okay. How's that been working for you?
1: Great. I mean, Shady and M and Paul and Tracy and Interscope period has been very supportive, very supportive, very, very much behind us. Uh, their faith has never wavered.
2: Okay. In us. That's good, good to hear, because we need you guys, definitely. Thank Um, you. I'm going to ask one more question, and then we're going to start taking questions uh, from the audience, so get your questions together. Oh, they
1: didn't tell me that we were going to do that. Oh, yeah, questions from you guys. Yeah. Gotta love it.
2: (laughs) So, reality TV, how's that working out for you?
1: Interesting. Yeah? It's interesting, to say the least. It, it's, it's opened me up to, to a brand new audience. That's the right thing to say.
2: Has it translated um, musically, sales-wise, fan-wise, um, hate-wise?
1: Uh, Well, that, that I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Like I, I only compare my projects to my last project. So, you know, my last studio album came out and we sold 12,000 copies the first week. And and this this project, we were able to sell 30, and then you know it's very successful, right. um, in my eyes and the label's eyes. So, but I, I can't say if that's due to the show. I attribute it to many things, like you know the show and and Slaughterhouse, uh, the touring, all the work we've done over the years, um, the fans, popularity growing. Like I don't attribute it to just one thing solely.
2: Okay. All right. So if you have a question, please raise your hand and. Katie will come over there. What's up, Joe? Big fan. Um, hey, bro. Uh, my question is um, originally, when you previewed, I guess, or I guess dropped um, She Don't Put It Down on uh, Blog TV, you had um, it was just you, Wayne, and, um, and Twister. And then when the album came out, you kept yourself, Wayne, yourself, and then the remix was yourself, Fab. And Twista, How, what what happened with the change? Like, what was the process to that, or what did you go back and something was like, you know what? I would rather have Twista on this than, you know, the first one.
1: No, no. First of all, you guys, the blog TV people, hear music before they are supposed to hear music. Let's be clear on that. Uh, so you guys normally hear it while it's still, while it's still in the process of being done. I didn't feel like it was a good idea to put out my first record in what many would deem to be a long time with only one Joe Budden verse. That just didn't seem like a great business decision to me. So that's why the record came out the way it came out with me, Wayne, Tank. With all, and we always had the idea to go back with the remix with, with Twista and Fab and you know the way, the way that it came about. So. Hopefully that provided some clarity for you.
2: That's a fan question there. Yeah. yeah. Fan.
1: Yeah. Hi. Is my voice putting everyone to sleep? No. Is it like I'm telling everybody like a bedtime story? <laughs> Thank you.
0: I'm going to be completely honest. Be honest. I don't have a question. I'm going to break the mold, and that's something that I kind of learned from you and from your music. Break it. I broke a lot of fears to come here and see you tonight, and the person sitting next to me will vouch for me that I talk about you pretty frequently and what you've done for me in my life. And you actually, you and your music and the way that you go about your music and your whole attitude about it and your whole attitude just in general. I follow you. On blog TV, I follow you on Twitter and everything like that. I'm not a crazy stalker. I just, <laughs> I just generally... Nor do I, I
1: think it, it, by the okay. way. Okay,
0: I just, I really connect to your music and the way that you um, place your words. Words are a passion of mine. I hold them very deeply. I feel like they can be used as weapons, and I feel like they could take you very far. I agree. Um, I came here tonight specifically to thank you because at one point in my life, I was so deep and so down, and I was going through some of the things that I recognized only through your music that I was able to come to terms with and I was able to come to grips with. And how long ago was it that, that you asked me if you ever met him, what would you say to him?
2: Literally like two or three days ago. A couple
0: days ago. couple days ago, prior to me even seeing your Twitter to even knowing that this was going to be going on, he said to me, yo, what would you say to him if you ever met him? I said, I don't know, I would, I would thank him for saving my life because your music, literally, I, I put that on everything. You turned me to God. I never in my life was a religious person. You turned me to God. I walk with a rosary, I say prayers every day. I always say, talk to God, God listens. And you did that for me. And ever since I turned to, to God, whoever that higher being, maybe I don't tie it to an organized religion, I don't tie it to Catholicism, whoever it may be, because of you and your music and me following your life on that platform that you opened up to everybody else, I've made a complete turnaround. People tell me every day, I cannot believe the changes that I'm seeing in you day to day. And honestly, that's completely, I had to come here tonight to thank you for that because it's completely owed to you and what your music has done for me.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
2: That's that's a great story. You are an inspiration to people. I mean, even myself, man, like, I, I can't even lie. Like, I used to listen to your music religiously when I was in my own struggle. And, I mean, that's a great testament to the power of, of what you do. It is. You
1: got me up here all teary-eyed and stuff. <laughs> but you know what? A lot of people, you know, on tour and, and you know, as I travel the world, a lot of people share that that sentiment. They all say... Thank you for saving my life. I get teary-eyed every time I do it. <laughs> I do. What's up, man? My man. Yo, yo. Sirius Jones. <laughs> I do I look like him. <laughs> <laughs> yo,
2: on a business end, what was the hardest transition you had to make, and what was the best decision you made for both you know, on, on a business aspect?
1: The hardest transition that I've had to make. Hmm. I'm not certain if any of it has been that. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know what the toughest transition. I feel like my entire career has been nothing but tough obstacles. I, I couldn't say which one has been more so, more so than the other. But uh, the best was. I, I remember it. Uh, I think it was 2004. In 2004, I was in uh, a gentleman's club in New Jersey and a song i did called roll your backyard came on and i sh- i shook my head in disgust and i said you know what that will be the last time that i record a song that i don't really want to record you know cuz i came in i came in under under a production company and i was very young and very impressionable i did a lot of songs early in my career <clears throat> That I probably did not want to do. And that was the best thing I could have ever done was was to not do songs that I didn't want to do. As simple as that sounds, plenty of artists nationwide share sharing that. So yeah, that would be the best. Huh. Hey. All right. How you doing? Pretty good and yourself? Good, good. Great. You wrote your question down. Yeah,
2: I did. I didn't want to forget it. All right. So as a musician, were there any adjustments you had to make while you transitioned some time into a reality TV?
1: Nah. No, no, not very many. Not, never, not very many. You know, uh, outside of balancing uh, balancing the schedule between trying to do a mixtape and trying to do an album and, and them following you with cameras and wanting to, re- you know, outside of the, the scheduling. Nah, it was pretty much all, all the same.
0: My question for you is, you talk a lot about love and, um, in your music and also about respect from your peers in music. If you can pick one or the other, and you could only have one, which one would you want? The love
1: or the respect from your peers?
0: If that makes sense.
1: Oh no, the respect. From from other artists, the respect. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. They, they don't have to love me. I'm not sure that they love me now. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm definitely going with the respect. When I signed my record deal, that that was all that I wanted out of music, was just to be respected amongst my peers for for what I do, by by other musicians. So yeah, I'm going with respect.
0: What's up, Joe? Um, I've been a fan for a while, but I think. When it re- when it really hit.
1: When did it really hit you?
0: Ordinary Love Part Three. Oh. I think. Poor guy. One and two, you went off. And what I, was her name? And <laughs> on three, I think you started. You say, you know, one and two is you all one's for me. Um, and I mean, I listen, if I'm in a gym, I listen to it, and I feel like it puts me in the zone. So I can only imagine how it was for you. Is there one of those songs where that you knew, you just go back to, and it reminds you of a time that you were in your life, and it just it frustrates you to go harder, or because that song right there just did it and I think I mean you heard the reaction I think it's just a song that for me defined you as an artist that you know can always take it to that level you've always been honest but that was one where I felt like you said you know what I've always been honest but now I'm putting everything out there
1: well for, I don't and thank you for asking I do not I don't this is going to sound a little strange maybe but I'm strange so it's okay I don't listen to any of the music and ever get frustrated even though I could see how one maybe could get frustrated, it, it all is, it all, it's all uplifting to me. I will listen to Ordinary Love-ish 3 like a club song and party and dance and jam. Um, but like I said, it all reminds me of exactly where I was when I when I wrote it and what I went through. But, you know, all of my yesterdays make for today. So as horrible as it may sound, even in listening to it, I'm grateful for it, because I came away with a lesson, and it added to who I am.
2: What's Hello, going on? Hello, sir. Uh, t- I actually have two questions. Will there be another mood said, give music? A, give a guy an inch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Would there be another mood music? Oh, I got to answer that first? Yes. Can I get the second question? Y- yeah, it kind of ties in, but yeah. Ah, um,
2: you know, like even dating back to mood music, you know, you therapeutic, you write in and everything, you always said that you basically didn't care about the fame and fortune of it. So if it was no longer
1: profitable, would you still Who says it's profitable now? <laughs> we assume that it is. Oh, okay. Let's let's be clear. Uh yeah. Yeah. Well one, I'm 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 not certain whether there'll be another move music or not. You know, where I am now, it's all mood music to me. Like I told Chuck, no love lost to me is is a move. You, it's all stemming from some type of mood. Uh, and as far as the second question, yeah, yeah, be clear that this is maybe just started getting profitable like a month ago. <laughs> we we got about ten, eleven, or twelve years here where this was it was solely off of love. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I would definitely do it. Definitely.
2: Cool. So I, I have a quick question. Uh, another question. Do you have a favorite verse that you spit? I don't mean. Yeah, no, I won't. I won't. Do you have a favorite ever ver- verse? Yeah, of yours.
1: Oh no, Chuck. What type oh, of question is that?
2: Y- yeah. That's like picking your favorite kid. Parents do have favorites, you know.
1: I, I told my oh, mom no, man. that I told my mom that she wouldn't say it probably because my brother was around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have to name one today, and it, it's probably and uh, it's probably been truth or truth for since since I wrote it. Okay. Truth or truth, me and, and and Royce and yeah, my slaughterhouse got we 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 like that verse of mine.
2: I'll tell you mine. Tell me yours. Six minutes of death. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that verse. J. (laughs) Mills. I don't like that verse. All right, everybody. Joe Button, everybody.